Cities is another episode of Stories and Songs for you. And today you'll hear one set in a little mountain resort town in the days of epic actors and actresses who took to the silver screen on grainy black and white film. It lends a mystery to it all. It involves one of those actresses and a produce truck along the highway below the old Mineral Springs Hotel one hot summer day, just around the time Margaret Mitchell penned a bestseller that made the silver screen. And the actress was on her way to that film debut in Atlanta, which was attended by just about everyone who was anyone. I don't know whether it's true or not, or if the incident in question ever really took place, but the old-timer who told me this story swore that it was. Either way, it does create a great visual. So, here goes. When Betty Davis came to town. Now, this was back when I was just a kid growing up on Lookout Mountain, but I remember like it was yesterday. It was one of those things a body just can't forget. It was the time I saw Betty Davis in real life. She was on her way to Atlanta to the premiere of Gone with the Wind and was passing through the little resort town of Mentone when it happened. Now my friends and I were up on the lawn of the old Mineral Springs Hotel for a birthday party. I don't recall whose birthday it was, but there was a big long table set up out under the trees covered with a white cloth and pink crepe paper blowing in the breeze. There were presents, cake and ice cream on the table, and we were out on the grass enjoying our treats when the long black touring car came barreling down the road and suddenly blew a rear tire. The touring car careened into the side of old Mr. Hank's produce truck that was parked by the post office and came to a skidding halt. We all ran down the hill and the old timers sitting in their rocking chairs at the store came running too in their own way. It was a mess down there. There were tomatoes and squash and onions and peppers everywhere. Mr. Hanks came running out of the store with his hands in the air as the door of the car opened and the driver stepped out. He was dressed in a fine blue suit like a general might wear in the military with shiny brass buttons down the front. He was tall and wore a black cap on his head and white gloves on his hands. He ignored everyone, stepping over tomatoes and peppers to the back door of the car. He opened the door and reached in a gloved hand and out she came. She stood still looking around, those red, red lips not smiling nor frowning but looking rather like she was bored behind her dark glasses. She straightened her yellow polka dot skirt and touched her hair. She had a cigarette lighter in one hand and her long fingernails on both hands were as red as her lips. Everyone just stood gawking and no one said a word. Mr. Hanks lowered his arms and let out a gasp as she pointed one of those long fingernails at him and asked, Whose fault was it? The driver tried to pull her back, but she pulled loose from him and bent down, picked up a tomato. She stood up again, looked straight at Mr. Hanks, and bit into that tomato, holding it against her lips for a good ten seconds, looking around at all of us, and then... She looked up toward the hotel. Without a word, she turned and proceeded to walk that way. 
She nodded to the stunned women at the birthday party table as she moved past them toward the steps of the porch with that twitch of a walk she had, followed by her driver hurrying to catch up with her. At the bottom of the steps, she whirled around and told him to go and see to the car. He quickly turned and walked back the way he had come. Betty Davis climbed the steps of the hotel in her best Hollywood style, raising her skirt a bit until she reached the porch while we all stood watching from below. At the top, she turned to look at us all and caught my gaze. She pointed one of those long red fingernails at me and said, You there! Be a dear and get my bag. I nodded my head and raced off down the hill. They had pulled the car away from the truck somehow, and it seemed clear that neither vehicle was drivable. Someone had called a wrecker, and the driver was standing in the middle of the road counting out hundred-dollar bills to Mr. Hanks as I struggled away from the wreck with her heavy bag back up the hill to the hotel. I finally arrived in the lobby where she and the clerk stood waiting. Betty Davis reached into her purse and handed me a five-dollar bill. Now, be a dear and run along, she said. The dining room of the hotel was filled to capacity. Everyone was hoping for a glimpse of the actress, and she did not disappoint. She came into the dining room wearing a slim black dress, striking a pose in the doorway while she waited to be seated. It was no surprise she found herself at the table of the mayor and his wife. After dinner, I was sitting on the rail of the porch toying with my set of checkers while my mother finished up in the kitchen. I did not hear Miss Davis come up behind me, and she startled me when she said, Set him up, and I'll show you how it's done. Betty Davis beat me in three games. We would have played longer, but my mother called me into bed. The next morning, she was gone before I awoke. The car they had ordered from Atlanta had arrived to whisk her away. But in a few days, I received a letter in the mail from Hollywood. It was an autographed picture of her. It said, Enjoyed playing checkers with you. Love, Betty Davis. And I still have that letter to this very day. And here's a song I think will go well with the tune. It's called Sweet Magnolia. Bring one. 
Venues and private events. Santa Cruz, California. 